Welcome to You Need a Coach, Bitch. I'm your host, Chris Hale. I'm a certified life coach and coach instructor. I'm also a master dance educator and self-proclaimed Zenial Pop Diva. Every week, I bring you a conversation to help you harness your inner authority by popping the patriarchy and crafting the life of your dreams. Are you ready to unleash your inner creator? Let's go. Hi, friends. Oh my God, how are you? I have so much that I want to talk to you about, and we're just going to dive right in with all the things. And we're basically just going to have gab sesh. So I hope that you're totally fine with like sitting down, grabbing a cup of coffee, and just having a little girl talk. First things first, Abigail Breslin got married. Do you remember who that is? If you don't remember who that is, why are we even friends? But anyway, most people probably remember her from Little Miss Sunshine amazing movie. But two of my favorite roles of hers as a child, because essentially that's what she was, a child actor, are there was an episode of Grey's Anatomy. And if you don't know, my husband and I are huge Grey's Anatomy fans. We used to rewatch every single season every year before the new season dropped, which has become impossible with like 19 seasons. But I did actually just finish a a rewatch that probably took me mm, six or eight months. Anyway, She played a little girl who was in the foster system and she just had like new foster parents and she came in with injuries and she couldn't feel pain. And so she thought she was a superhero because she couldn't feel pain. And that was like the whole storyline. And she basically acted opposite Alex Karev the whole time. Um, Justin Chambers, great episode. The other one is she starred opposite Catherine Zeta-Jones in No Reservations, which is just the sweetest movie. Actually, I will tell you if we ever meet in person, maybe about the dinner that I had with Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas at a dance banquet for the studio that I used to work with, where we were talking about that movie and she was like, oh, such a sweet little film. Um, Yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones, I can't love her. And then, actually, one of the best performances I saw her give was um, actually on Broadway in The Miracle Worker. So she played Helen Keller in The Miracle Worker, and she was absolutely brilliant. And then, of course, the obvious, like, pinnacle of everything was her playing Chanel Number 5 on Scream Queens, obviously. That first season of that show was pure brilliance. I was sad that it kind of declined after that. But anyway, so she got married. And I know this first from Dylan Mulvaney, who is a trans influencer on like socials, right? TikTok and Instagram, um, who has been documenting her transition um, online with this like um, days of girlhood sort of tag or theme. And she was talking about being a bridesmaid for the first time, and she was so excited about it. And she was going to be in her friend Abby's wedding. And then she, like, goes to this scene where she's, like, giving Abby this gift. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is that Abigail Breslin? Fucking Dylan's friend who she's in her wedding is Abigail Breslin? Oh, my God. Um, And it's just weird when people grow up and get married. And now, like... I have a sister who's 12 years younger than me, so she's actually going to be 30 this year, which is crazy. So I'm like, it's fine with the getting older, right? I'm like used to that. But it's just so weird when like young actors who like you watch them grow up like in front of your eyes are like actually adults and getting married anyway. 
So that was the first thing. I'm just sharing that with you. The second thing is my best friend just shared with me um, gossip about Glennon Doyle and like her podcast, um, where in November there was a guest who was rude to someone on their staff um, or her husband was rude to someone on their staff. Like I'm not 100% sure of the story, but like they decided to not do the interview with this person because of the way that their staff was being treated and they just really weren't into it. And I'm just like, whoa, who is this? Like I just spent 20 minutes researching this. I'm three months behind. And there's this like article on Jezebel, which I know Jezebel, um, but the girl who wrote it, clearly is not a Glennon fan and it comes off in the article. But this is the only thing that I could find online about it. And then in the comments, obviously, and don't ever, don't read the comments, guys. Don't read the comments. I said this in an Instagram story. Don't read the comments, but I always read the comments and then I get mad. People have such big opinions. And the reason why I wanted to even mention this, like I I just went off on a full goss moment, but the reason I even wanted to talk about it, like stay on track, Chris, is because of the comments, because of like even this, the, the writer, this woman, her, her take on like being sort of judgmental about the fact that like Glennon shares her life in the way that she does. And you know, profits off of that and the people who judgmental of the fact that they they recorded an episode surrounding the topic. And here's the thing, people, they wanted to shed light on something that's really important for, I think, any marginalized group to think about, but especially women. And that's the way that they're often made to second guess, like, their reality, their opinion, what feels right for them, whether or not, right, the, the the person on their staff was not sure if she was overreacting or not. And this is so common, and it needs to stop. And so I think it was really important that they actually did record this episode. And now it's also given my brain something to want to figure out, because I love a like hot piece of juicy gossip. The third thing that I just wanted to talk to you about today is is surrounding the hiring of a coach. So I did an episode that kind of detailed what coaching is, and you can go back and listen to that if you're kind of interested in like maybe working with me or hiring someone else to be your coach. But what I thought was interesting is that I was having a conversation with a client who we reached the end of our six months together. And we were just discussing whether or not she was going to resign and she wants to resign, but she wants to figure out like financially how she can make it work for her. And I'm super open to that. So I just want to preface this with saying like, I'm open to people figuring out their finances. I'm open to taking payment plans. Um, I want people to have access to coaching and I want them to be able to make it work and I want it to feel good for them. And I think this is so important. Hear me. When you are looking to hire somebody, if they're pressuring you or they're trying to, this happened to me once where I didn't want to sign up for something. I was being sold and I didn't want to sign up for it. And the person was basically like, why are you not willing to make this investment in yourself? Like as if it was my fault, right? Like it was a flaw in me that I didn't want to spend that money because obviously like, 
you know, I should be investing in myself. And it was a problem if I didn't want to. And there was some like issue or problem where I didn't believe in myself or whatever. And that could be true, but like, I didn't like the way it felt. And you want to work with someone that trusts you to be able to make decisions for yourself, especially as it pertains to your finances. Now, the caveat here is as a coach, we we do often know, right, that sometimes the objection that the client or the would-be client is giving is not actually the real objection. And that sometimes it's just easier to say like, oh, I can't afford it, than it is to say like, I'm not sure I'm capable of doing the work that it will take to get the result that I want. So very often that might be underneath that money objection, but it's not for me to decide. It's for me to ask the person, right, if they are having a desire to do it and money is an obstacle, if they want to be coached around that. In my case with this client, figuring out a way that she could make it work that would feel good for her, right? Because like if she paid it up front, then that might make the situation really pressurized for her because she might be feeling like, you know, I've got to get the most, like there could just be so much mind drama that's not necessary that like, I don't want to spend my time coaching her on her mind drama about the pressure because she spent all her money on coaching. That's just not the container that I want to hold. I don't want to hold space for that in the container with her. So if it was my boundary, if it was my policy that people pay in full upfront and the client had resistance to that, and paying up front would pressurize that relationship, I would not take them as a client. And that's what feels right for me. So again, if you're out there in the world and you're looking for a coach, if you want to work with me or somebody else, like just think about these things, right? We are here to help you. And you are the expert in your own life. You know what's best for you. And if there's a, a place around hiring a coach and spending the money and making the investment that you're curious about investigating, by all means, I want to do that with you, but not from a place where I'm believing that there's something flawed all in, in your reasoning or in your decision-making process. So those are all the things I wanted to share that I just wanted to get off my chest that are just like little blips, right? I feel like you usually get like a two for one here. There's always like a mini lesson and then the main lesson, but today you got so much. So hopefully you just felt like you were kicking back and drinking a coffee with me because I sure am. And so now on to that main lesson. So one of the primary things I work on with my clients is fully becoming their own authority. And one of the steps, maybe the most important step, but definitely like one of the first steps is challenging and unlearning these like oppressive, patriarchal, misogynistic, white supremacist, capitalist like thought patterns that are stealing their power from them. We need to challenge them so that we can potentially dismantle them so we can move them out of the way and have a a slightly more clear path forward. So this quick little tool 
is a question that you can use in a moment where maybe a thought comes up or a belief comes up that feels a little bit out of alignment with your actual values. So if one of your beliefs about yourself, like a value that you hold true to, is that you have full autonomy, that you are a full, complete human being, but then you have a thought that comes up that like is incongruent with that belief, right? So if even if we go back to the example of wanting to do coaching and your brain offers you some kind of BS thought about like, well, what will other people think? Or what if my partner doesn't like it? Whatever, any of those things, right? And it's that's really like incongruent with this idea that like you're an autonomous human being that gets to decide what's right for you. The, the simple question is like, who told me that? And I actually first heard this question, um, and it was phrased like, who told you who told you that from my friend Gina? She was the first person I know actually to become a life coach back in like 2010, I think. And we had her work with our students at our summer dance intensives and with our professional training program dancers. And I sat in and participated in a lot of those workshops and classes. And she talked a lot about the thoughts and stories in our heads that we inherited from others. And at the time, I very much related that to my parents and teachers. And now I see it in much more of like a systemic way, right? Where like, like they got things imprinted onto them. And surprise, it's all rooted in like, you know, patriarchal, like misogynistic, white supremacist, delusional, like thinking, right? And that was imprinted on them, and then they imprinted it on me. So, you know, I can kind of see that a little bit more, right, as how it's like this societal um, conditioning. And that's really helpful to kind of, regardless of like if it came from my parents or if it came from socialization, that question of who told me that is essentially saying like, where did that come from? Who does that belong to? because it doesn't feel like it belongs to me. But there's another piece of this that is sort of becoming even, like coming more into focus the more that I do this work and help others. There is a base of Christian ideology at the core of all of this thinking. Our country, this country, the United States, if you're if you're in the States with me, but any country that's been colonized, really, Christianity is at the core of it. And this definitely impacts us all in ways that we're probably not even aware of. So for me, it came up while I was riding my bike the other day. So like I woke up and I had this desire to do an entire Demi Lovato ride because like, obviously. So I'm like on my bike and I'm like, so I'm like, so in it, like, I'm just like killing it, having the best time of my life. And one of the things that my brain is chewing on right now is like my preferences for moving and eating and relaxing. And I'm really trying to kind of figure out what works for me because I've spent so much of my time with like a terrible relationship with my body, a terrible relationship with food. Um, So I'm trying to stay curious about what I desire. But my brain was sort of starting to like make this like exercise schedule, like as I was riding, like I started doing this whole like, okay, now mind you, 
I don't know if I talked about this last week, but like I just started moving again because I was really sick and I started with doing strength training and I was originally only going to do three days a week of strength training and then add in like some maybe gyrotonic or stretching and maybe a bike ride if I felt up to it, but it was never going to be like on the menu. It was going to be like, let's spend a couple of weeks building strength, but three days in, I'm on my bike and my brain is like, okay, yeah, like let's make this schedule. Okay. So it's like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to do the strength training. And then if I can get two bike rides in and I just, I just watched my brain, right? I just watched it because my goal is to be doing things that feel good to me. And as I'm starting to lean into that, my brain was like, well, you can't just do what feels good. You're not going to get results if you do what feels good. You've got to keep this like rigid schedule and kind of this idea that like there aren't going to be good enough health benefits to doing what feels good. And so then I was like, but wait, why? <laughs> why 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 would like doing what feels good like not be good enough? And that's when it really clicked. And here it is. It's because we're all brainwashed through the lens of Christianity and like original sin, et cetera, et cetera. We've all been taught that we are already flawed by nature and that we cannot be trusted to make choices for ourselves that are good for us. So we have to constantly force ourselves to do things that are good for us because otherwise we'd be like lazy, slovenly, like perverted savages. Cue the origins of racism, right? Like if left to our own devices, we're these like heathens, (laughs) And that's at the core of all this. Like, that's what we're trying to fix. Or that's why we're we're so attached or buy into all of these, the messaging around new diets, new exercise plans, new, like, schedules, calendars, planners, systems. Like, how crazy is that? That really is the messaging. For me, right? Like, I was brought up Catholic. So it's like, We do all these amoral things that we then need to go and confess to like some superior white guy so that we can be absolved of these sins, like these hierarchies. It's not just coming down from God. It's also coming down from these old white guys that are placed like at the top of this ladder telling us that we need to listen to them and follow their interpretation of God's word because like they know what's better for us than we do. Right. So it just, it's always this message that we cannot be trusted to be the authority on our, of our own lives. So this simple question of who told me that is so powerful because it stops the pattern in its tracks. And so we want to put like maybe a little bit of structure around it just so that we can really utilize the tool effectively. So the first thing I would say to do is like, Take one of the things that you want to do, like one of the results you want to create, and really get clear on your why. And I talk about this so often, but it's like, you know, like for me with this exercising, like why do I want to move my body? And at the end of the day, I want to feel good in my body. And feeling good in my body and my body looking good, like quote unquote looking good based on like, Eurocentric beauty standards are two completely different things. Because I'll be honest with you, when I was, you know, a teenager, 
or in my early 20s and I was like skinny and hot, I definitely didn't feel good in my body. My body looked good, but I didn't necessarily feel good in it because I wasn't treating it very nicely. So if at the end of the day, what I want to do is feel good in my body. So we start there. And then we look at like trusting myself to create the plan that's going to help me feel good in my body. And then I want to be on the lookout for the unconscious conditioning that is going to come up like it did when I was on the bike. That voice that was like, this isn't going to be enough. Well, why? Why isn't it going to be enough? Enough for what? So that's the first question, right? I'm going to just interact with my brain that way. And then secondly, if I come up against an answer, right? So like, let's say, you know, it's not going to be enough, enough for what? To lose weight. Well, who told me that? Right? And that's where we can then throw in that question. And it's like, well, actually, I'm telling myself that right now. But like, how do I know? I don't actually know. So that's kind of an example of how you can start to use that question in real time. And you can do it with anything. It works in so many areas of our life. So I even think about like imposter syndrome is something that a lot of people have problems with. There's like this underlying story of like, I'm not qualified. Well, who told you that? Who told you you're not qualified? And it's essentially like, where did that come from? And it's like, is the voice your voice? Is the voice a professor's voice? Is the voice the CEO of the company? Is the voice your mother's voice? Like, where did you hear that message? Does it belong to you? Because nine times out of 10, I'm going to guarantee you the answer is going to be, that was someone else's message that they gave to me that I inherited, and now I'm ready to get rid of. And I really think this piece of that unconscious, underlying Christian ideology that a lot of our culture is based around, even if you aren't Christian, right? It's like written into like our constitution, the laws, there's an ideology, there's a, it's just a cultural thing where we're always looking to be better, right? Goodness is prioritized in our minds as something that we're trying to work toward. And it's because we're inherently not good. We're inherently evil, And we need to constantly be atoning for the things that don't align with goodness. And if we don't work really, really, really hard, we're going to slip into that bad territory. So we need to constantly be on the lookout for it. And this was just something that hit me really hard while I was working out that like, if I want to actually deprogram some of this stuff, right, I really need to start there. I really need to start with like that basic idea that there's something that I was born with, this original sin that makes me incapable of knowing what the best path is for myself. That is going to be one of the most important things to kind of shift if I really ever want to fully claim my authority over myself. And I want you to be able to do that for you if you notice that this is coming up in your life as well. So 
try this out this week. Try this tool of like, who told me that? With this underlying like knowledge now that like so many of these things are coming from outside of you. And then you really get to decide which ones of them are in line with your actual values that you chose on purpose and what ones have been thrust upon you that are based in this sort of moralistic, binary, good, bad way of thinking that has you always losing because you're never going to be quite good enough. That's what I have for you today, my friends. I hope you have an amazing week. I'll talk to you soon. If you are loving the podcast, it's time to put a ring on it. It would mean the world to me if you would do one or all of these things. First off, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts or all the places podcasts are available if you want to be extra. While you're there, giving a five-star rating and leaving a review would be epic. And lastly, spreading the love by sharing your favorite episode would be beyond. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon.